Hi folks, welcome to a new episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. We are most of the way through the international break, thankfully, and Game Week 5 is just around the corner. The dust has settled on a crazy Game Week 4, which seen Liverpool ship 7 goals to Aston Villa and Manchester United get thumped 6-1 by Spurs. Staying calm and patient during this international break has been a big challenge for me and I'm sure for many of you listeners as well. And I'm sure plenty of you have actually failed in the patiency challenge because I'm sure a lot of you have made early transfers ahead of Game Week 5. I've managed to resist doing so. Wildcard crossed my mind just after Game Week 4. A couple of early transfers crossed my mind as well, but I've managed to stick to my game plan, staying patient and won't be making any moves until Friday night or, or possibly even Saturday morning. The first international break is always a good time to reflect on what we've learned over the first four game weeks and take a look at the stats now that we've got a bigger sample size. Although it's still a pretty small sample size, I find that I don't really start to look at the numbers too much until we're four game weeks into the season. And when I'm during a season as well, when I'm looking back on stats, I, I, I like to look at the last four game weeks. I do go back further sometimes, maybe last six, last eight game weeks, but I think last four game weeks is always a... It's a nice size to look back on. This week and last week as well, I think it's a good time to plan ahead and to fine tune your overall strategy for the season ahead. So make use of this extra time that we have during the international break. If you're not yet an Athletic subscriber, you can get it for just £1 a month by using the link theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. Time for the Game Week 4 shoutouts now. Game Week 4 seems like a long time ago, so I had to go back and find the famous 59th minute substitutions. And it's a very, very interesting one this week. One new member. It's not actually a new member. He's actually here for the second time already this season. Callum Robinson at West Brom. There's only four games gone, and he's already been taken off twice in the 59th minute. He had a third one, which was on the 65th minute. So this guy could well become the first ever player to get a hat-trick of shout-outs in a single season since I've started doing these. I've probably been doing these now for three or four seasons. So Callum Robinson has got, what, 34 game weeks to get one more 59th minute substitution. So when you're watching West Brom, I'm sure not a lot of you will be going out of your way to pay 14.95 over the next few weeks to watch West Brom. But if you are watching them, keep a close eye on Callum Robinson up front and keep an eye on Slavin Bilic on the sideline as well. And hopefully before long, Callum Robinson will get that shout out. And if he does, he'll get an invite onto the podcast as well. Couple of notable mentions from Game Week 4, quite a few actually. Joe Gomez for Liverpool just about avoided it. He made it to 60 minutes and no more. Got himself a zero pointer in that Aston Villa game. Lamptey at Brighton taken off at half time for a zero pointer. It's becoming quite common now that Lamptey is not completing 90 minutes, which is a bit of a worry for his owners and prospective buyers. Seamus Coleman at Everton. Didn't make it to 60 either. He was taken off injured in the 57th minute for one point. I really like what I've seen of Coleman in that game week four fixture. Hopefully that injury is not too bad because I like him. I think he's about 5 million. If he just had a better goalkeeper behind him, I think I'd be a lot more interested. Oliver Burke, our many of our 4.5 million midfielder, managed just 55 minutes. Probably going to lose his place now with Ryan Brewster coming in. 
Bruno Fernandes, half-time substitution, although he did get his goal, as he always does. And Nketiah at Arsenal as well was close 57 minutes in what was a pretty disappointing performance from him against Sheffield United. So Callum Robinson is the man. Two shout-outs in four game weeks. So hopefully we will be calling his name out again very soon. A quick review of how game week four went for me. The average score was 48 points. I managed to score 52 so it's never too bad if you can beat the average. My transfer in game week four, I got rid of Mitrovic and I got Calvert-Lewin. So that was a good transfer. Probably my first good transfer of the season. I think the first two were Potence and, well, I got Hamas Rodriguez. So that was a good one as well. In terms of game week four itself, the good and the bad. The good, first of all, because it's pretty short. Walker-Peters, another clean sheet. But it was disappointing to see him get a yellow card. Salah got 13 points, but he wasn't my captain. James Rodriguez, an 18-pointer. I did not see this one coming. You know, I've been saying in the weeks leading up to this game that I, I feel that he's he's a world-class player, but he may not be a top-class FPL asset. But he, he made me eat my words there. And it's, it's a funny one because even though he scored 18 points in that game, I'm still not overly confident that he's going to be a you know a massive, massive FPL asset this season. I still think Calvert-Lewin is probably the better option there at Everton. But obviously, I'm very happy to get those James Rodriguez points. And glad I got on him early in the season as well. I think it was game two. Calvert-Lewin obviously got me the six points as well. So that was a good transfer. The bad, Trent and Robertson getting minus one points each. What's that? That's about 14.5 million quid spent to get a total of minus two. So hopefully they can turn things around in the near future. Ramsdale on goal. Four games, no clean sheets. Pretty disappointing from Ramsdale so far. So he is on the chopping block for me in the near future. James Justin, no clean sheet. Leicester got beat 3-0. I did like what I've seen of Justin and Castagna in that game, though. They get into to the box very often. So I'm hoping in game week five that Justin will do well for me against Aston Villa. Podence was disappointing. You know, he was doubtful whether he would play or not. I think he played about 70 minutes in the end. So slightly worried about Podence now as well, but he's probably going to survive in my game week one, uh, sorry, in my game week five team. De Bruyne, a captain, disappointing. I've captained KDB the last two weeks now and it's two blanks. There's a question later about my strategy on captaincy and whether it's changed now given how this season has gone so far. So we'll come back to that one. Uh, and Jamie Vardy as well, disappointing to see him blank after a pretty good start to the season. Very painful to see that last couple of minutes of that Leicester game. Vardy had a chance one-on-one, put it wide and then he got the assist for Harvey Barnes. Great goal by Harvey Barnes, which was ruled out for offside. So a disappointing day for Vardy, but we can't complain. having got a lot of points out of him already this season. So after four game weeks, I'm sitting on 255 points. Overall rank is 294,000. So I'm very happy with that. If you offered me 294k after game week four, before the season started, I would have snapped your hand off. So very happy given how nuts this season has been so far. I think it's a good platform for me to build on. I'm pretty happy with my squad and I've still got my wildcard available as well. A watch list update now. Which players have I added to my watch list and which players have I removed following game week four? I'll start with the guys I've added. The first one is Ben Chilwell at Chelsea. 5.6 million, a goal, an assist and three bonus points in his first game of the season against Crystal Palace, which got him an 18-pointer. Now, as I record, there's some tweets about Chilwell. I think he's left the England squad with an injury issue. So that's one to keep an eye on. 
don't buy him until you get an update on that one. It could well be the case that he, he could end up missing Game Week 5 now, but literally, as I just hit record on the microphone, those tweets were coming through. He, he looked great against Crystal Palace. He was bombing forward. You know, He took seven corners as well. Uh, now, whether he'll take corners when the likes of Pulisic and Ziyech are, are on the pitch, it, it remains to be seen. But he definitely passed the eye test, Chilwell. I like him more now that Chelsea have a new goalkeeper as well. And if I was buying Chilwell, I would hope that Lampard would stick with Azpi at right back, Zuma and Silva at centre back, and Chilwell left back. I think that could be their best back four with Mendy behind them. And, and if, if that was the case, I would have a lot more confidence because I thought James was pretty poor against West Brom. We know Alonso is a, is a bit of a liability defensively as well. So I think Chilwell, Azpi, Zuma, and Silva, if that remains the back four, I will, I will be a lot more interested in the Chelsea defence. Maybe even Mendy at 5 million in a couple of weeks' time. Next up on the watch list, I've added basically every player in the Aston Villa squad after game week four. I mean, it, when, it, when a team beats Liverpool 7-2, you've got to take notice. And it's not just that game. Aston Villa have been pretty good since post-lockdown, going you know the back end of the last season. And they've started this one really well. I think they've signed... Really good players in the positions that they've needed them. Good goalkeeper. Cash looks good at right back. Barkley's a good loan signing. Watkins, you know, all these guys are, are, are really good, smart signings. I think they've probably won the transfer window. In terms of FPL, there's a lot of value options here. Uh, Grealish is obviously the standout. He's 7.1 million. 24 points against Liverpool. That is crazy. Two goals, three assists. He created five chances in that game as well. John McGinn, not to be forgotten about, back-to-back 10-pointers at just 5.5 million. Ross Barkley, I think Ross Barkley's actually the one I'm most interested in, even though I've had a lot of troubles with Barkley in the past, in previous seasons. But I think you've got to put those aside now. He's playing for a different team, and he's a lot cheaper than he probably was when I owned him before. The most interesting thing I think about Barkley is I think there's a good chance he could be the penalty taker at Aston Villa. You know, Grealish, I think, has only taken one or two for Villa. Watkins, I don't think, took them at his previous club. And Barkley has taken penalties in the past. So, I mean, if Barkley gets penalties at 5.9 million, I think he's going to be in a lot of teams. In that Liverpool game as well, Barkley, he passed the eye test and the numbers are good as well, looking at them on Fantasy Football Hub. Six shots in that game, four of them from inside the box. So Barkley firmly on my radar alongside Jack Grealish. I'm probably I probably favour those two over McGinn, although at five point five, you know, McGinn could take over over the course of the season as well. Watkins up front is five point nine million, five shots in the box against Liverpool. Got his hat trick. I think he might have hit the crossbar as well. So really impressive performance from Watkins. So yeah, Villa, I think Villa are legit now. Uh, it's taken me a couple of weeks to, to kind of admit to that, admit that they actually are a good team now and they've got good options. So, you know, in terms of FPL, it's the price points, lots of value there. Even even the goalkeeper, Martinez is a great option, a couple of defenders possibly as well. But I think, yeah, Grealish and Barkley are probably the two I'm most interested in. And I think Watkins at 59 is a good option as well. I just feel with Watkins, it's still very early days in terms of FPL. We haven't seen much of him in the Premier League yet. Yes, he was excellent against Liverpool, but will he be consistent? We don't know yet. Whereas with Grealish, we know we're going to get consistency because he's a top-class player. And Barkley has a bit of history, you know, pedigree in FPL as well. So yeah, Grealish and Barkley firmly on the watch list. Jorginho at Chelsea has price risen to 5.2 million this week. He's an interesting one because if he's going to play, 
he's a great option because he takes penalties. He scored two of them against Crystal Palace after missing one a couple of weeks ago, so he still has them, which is a good sign. The big question mark with Jorginho is, is he going to keep his place in the team? He started three of the first four games. Kovacic has been on the bench for a few of those, and you know my guess at the start of the season would have been Kovacic would have played ahead of Jorginho, much like last season. But Jorginho seems to have the place at the moment. But I think FPL-wise, it feels like a bit of a risk after just four game weeks to get Jorginho when he's only started three or four. Different story if he started all four of them. But I would say give it another two or three weeks. If Jorginho starts, continues to get starts, I think we've got to get him at, at 5.2, 5.3 million. And I think a lot of people are on a wild card this week. You know, I'd be tempted to go with Jorginho as my eighth attacker so let's say you're in a 3-4-3 formation you have Jorginho as your first sub or at least you have the option of starting him some weeks uh, when, when he's got good fixtures so Jorginho is one to keep an eye on more so for his starts over the next couple of weeks Christian Pulisic also at Chelsea has dropped to 8.3 million he played seven minutes in game week four and he's had two weeks now over the international break to work on his fitness because I'm pretty sure he wasn't away with the USA during the break He's only owned by 3% of managers, Pulisic, so big differential. You know, we know from last season, a very, very good player and can be a very good FPL asset as well. So those of you looking for a differential, Christian Pulisic could be your man from game week five onwards. Final player added to the watch list. He was in my team in game week one. He's back on my watch list now. Alan St. Maximin, 5.3 million, so he's cheaper than he was at the start of the season. He was the match winner against Burnley. Scored a great goal and his assist was even more impressive for Callum Wilson's goal. He got himself two bonus points. He did only play 72 minutes though and he's flagged as an injury doubt for the weekend. He got kicked up and down the pitch by the Burnley guys as you would expect. And he mentioned in the interview after the game that it was the same ankle injury that he's had troubling him all season. So that is a bit of a worry with St Maximin. But if we get positive news about him, you know, if he starts in game week five, I think... Newcastle have got pretty good fixtures up until Christmas time. If you look at the fixture ticker, it's pretty green right up until, I think, the 19th of December. So maybe give St. Maximan a game or two to prove his fitness, and then he could be an option at 5.3. Which players have I removed from the watch list this week? Mitchell at Crystal Palace. I think if you have him, you keep him, but I don't think you buy him now if you don't, because Van Anhol tweeted yesterday that he is back. So competition now for Mitchell at left back. Coleman and Lucas Dean, the Everton fullbacks are gone from my watch list as well. I said earlier that I like Coleman, but I don't like Pickford. So I really don't think I will buy an Everton defender this season until I see a different goalkeeper between the sticks. Because I just watching him these days, he looks like he's got a mistake in him every week. So I'm going to stay away from the Everton defenders for that reason. I've removed James from Chelsea as well because Azpilicueta started the last game. So we can't trust James now to start games. I've removed Wilfred Zaha from my watch list as well because I don't like his attitude when I watch Crystal Palace games. Uh, he was he was throwing tantrums most of the game against Chelsea, so it was more like the old Zaha rather than the, the, the Zaha we've seen in the first two or three games of the season. The other thing I don't like about Zaha is he plays for Crystal Palace. I fell into this trap last season. They only have about 25 to 30% possession in most games, so that is not great for Zaha. Yes, they're a counter-attacking team, but I just think there's better options than Zaha. And to me, it feels like a bit of a trap again this season. So I'm going to I'm gonna hopefully learn from last season and avoid buying them this year. 
And I've, the, the final player I've removed this week is Pereira from West Brom. I like him as a player. He's, he's obviously very talented, but he's playing in a very poor West Brom team who I think will struggle to score goals. You know, Calum Robinson was taken off after 59 minutes. Hal Robson Canu came on. I mean, if Hal Robson Canu is the answer, what is the question? So yeah, Pereira is a great player, but he doesn't have these strikers there to finish the chances that he creates. So that is the watch list covered ahead of Game Week 5. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Thanks to everyone who sent in the Twitter questions. As always, you can do so every Monday evening at FPL General on Twitter. Just keep an eye out for my questions tweet and drop your questions below it. I'm going to tackle 10 of them this week, as I've done so for the last few weeks. I think I'll do this every week. Just pick out 10 of the best and tackle them on the podcast. First one from Alex Ball. Who are the best sub 6.6 million strikers to replace Che Adams? Alex is looking at Antonio, Mopai and Watkins or should he drop down to Brewster to free up funds to go bigger in midfield? Yeah, I think I think anyone who has Che Adams, it's, it's probably time to go now. It's It's been a very frustrating couple of weeks. You know, he, he gets plenty of chances. He gets plenty of big chances as well, but he just hasn't been finding the back of the net. Where would I go if I was selling Che Adams? I would be very tempted to drop down to Brewster. I think at 4.5 million, it's a it's 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 a huge enabler, you know, to allow you to do things elsewhere. You don't have to start him every week, Brewster, but you know, if if he hits the ground running, you know, if Brewster starts the first couple of games and scores a goal or two, he's going to be in every team come game week eight, game week nine. So I think getting in early on him is probably a good thing because he's not going to be 4.5 million for long. If he starts well, he'll be five million. In no time. Out of the others you mentioned, Antonio Mopai Watkins. I mentioned Watkins. I, th- I think I want to see a little bit more from him first before I buy him. Mopai has had a great start to the season. He's on penalties, but I'm still not convinced by Brighton. I watched their game from game week four, and I felt it was more like the Brighton of last season. You know, they look great on the eye, but will they score lots of goals? I'm not sure. Antonio, he's the one I would go for. I can't believe he's dropped to 6.3 million. He was an absolute bargain at 6.5 million, so he's, he's even more of a bargain now. A lot of people are not going to get him because they've got a couple of tough fixtures coming up, but that wouldn't stop me whatsoever. I would I would do Adams to Antonio in a heartbeat this week, regardless of fixtures. I think he's a fantastic FPL option this season. West Ham are looking really good last couple of games as well, and, and Antonio can score in tough fixtures, but I think he, I think if you buy Antonio at 6.3 million, you know, I'd be buying him with a view to keeping him all the way through to game week 38 at that price. I think he will he will smash that value. So yeah, Adams to Antonio is the way I would go there or else I would drop to Brewster if it allowed you to do some other exciting things in midfield. One player that Alex didn't mention here is Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson also comes under the 6.6 million bracket. He's 6.5 at the moment. And I mentioned Newcastle have good fixtures up until Christmas time. I really like Callum Wilson as an FPL option, even though he he ruined my life a couple of times over the last few seasons owning him. Don't think I've ever had a goal from Callum Wilson, despite him being in my squad about four or five times. I think of a I think I prefer Wilson to to Mopai at Brighton. Uh, I just think he's a better a better a better striker. So Antonio is my preference, probably Brewster second and then probably Wilson third. Question from FPL Alex. 
Is Bale worth a punt over Son? Quite simply, my answer to this is no. Because you just buy the guy who's in form. Um, Son has scored six goals in three and a half games. You, know, you don't need anything else. You don't need to overthink that when you just get Son. He's an amazing FPL pick at nine million. I can't believe he hasn't risen in price yet. He's got about a million. I think he's got over a million transfers in at the time of recording uh, ahead of game week five, and he hasn't risen in price, which is just bizarre. Gareth Bale is also more expensive. He's nine point five million. I had to check that before recording because I hadn't even looked at him. Obviously, he's not on my watch list either, so that tells you how much interest I have. You know, we need to see we need to see Bale playing. We need to see him. We need to assess his fitness as well, which has been a massive issue over the last couple of years. So Bale or Son, easy pick. Just get Son. Don't overthink it. Question from Red FPL. Red is on a wild card. He's asking, is a team of literal penalty takers really viable or rein it in a bit, expecting them to regress a bit? So if I was on a wild card, would I be filling my team with penalty takers? The answer is no. Yes, I would have a few of them. But not for the sole reason that they're penalty takers. I'd be I'd be having them because they're good all round FPL picks. Take Salah for example, KDB for example. You know I'm I'm not buying them just because they take penalties. I'm buying them because they can. They've got a lot of routes to FPL points, and they play for the two best teams in the league. Um, Everton listeners might disagree with that at the moment. So, in terms of penalty takers. I think it will regress a bit. I think we've seen it already in Game Week 4. There wasn't as many handball ones. There was a couple of shouts for penalties that weren't given for handball. So I think that's a good thing. They couldn't go on the way they were going in the first two or three game weeks. So they had to they have to they have to bring that number down. So I think penalty takers are probably not as attractive as they were, let's say, game week one, game week two. But we know in FPL, penalty takers have always been attractive. So you you know you always need to look at them. But they need to be good FPL all round assets, not just penalty takers. The reason I wouldn't go for a team full of penalty takers on a wild card is because there's so many options who don't take penalties who are very good options. I'm just going to list them off. Son, Calvert-Lewin, James Rodriguez, Grealish, Pulisic, Harvey Barnes, Jared Bowen. The list goes on. There's loads of options that if you go for, a, let's say you go for seven or eight penalty takers in midfield and attack, you're ignoring some very, very good FPL assets who are going to outscore the penalty takers. Some of those guys I just mentioned will outscore the penalty takers this season. So yeah, don't be blinded by the penalty takers too much is what I would say on a wildcard squad. Go for probably a balanced approach, you know, a couple of penalty takers, but they have to be good FPL assets as well. FPL Jag, would you argue that doubling up on Salah and Mane would be better than going for KDB or Sterling? I think there is a strong argument to be made for the Salah-Mane double up. Now, obviously we need to see how Manny is after testing positive for COVID. Hopefully he's okay and it hasn't affected him too much. But you know, we've seen it you know, you see it on the news all the time. People people who get COVID can, you know, have quite long term effects of it. And I'm sure we'll see that with some players over the next couple of weeks and months as well. So let's let's see how Manny is. I don't think I would buy Manny until I see him back on the pitch and, you know, one hundred percent fit just to make sure there's no, you know, lasting effects from that positive test. But if Manny is 100%, I do like the Salah-Manny double-up. Particularly for those now, I think a lot of people are going to move away from double Liverpool defence. And that opens the door for the Salah-Manny double-up, if you've already got one of them. When you compare... When, when I think about Manny, the way I, I think of him is that I, I hate not having him. 
every time I watch Liverpool, I, I, I say to myself, I wish I owned this guy. He looks so good. KDB obviously has been disappointing the first few games, but I still think he's a good long-term pick. Sterling hasn't pulled up any trees either. Would I rather own Sterling or Manny in a straight shootout? Probably Manny. So yeah, I do like the double up for those who can get there. But yeah, I think you've got to be careful with Manny until you see him back on the pitch. I'd probably wait until after the Merseyside derby. And if Manny looks fine in that one, then gaming six is probably the time to get him in. Question from Summit Bojani. Are Kane and or Son must-haves? Or do they and Spurs flatter to deceive? Is it worth team surgery to get one of them or both of them this week? This is the question I've been wrestling with in my mind since game week four finished. I think everyone will agree, you know, the most attractive FPL assets to bring in ahead of game week five are Kane and Son because they've been brilliant and they've got four very nice fixtures coming up as well. Now, I've only got one free transfer, so I would need a minus four to get Kane or Son. So straight away, to me, that says just hold off, bank your transfer, and you know get them in game week in game week six. Now, FOMO is 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 playing a part here. The fear of missing out. You know, I I'm feeling that. I'm sure many others are feeling it as well. Going into game week five without you know any Spurs players, it feels pretty scary given how good they've been recently. But they're not going to play Man United every week. They're not going to play a Southampton team who play a ridiculous high line every week. You know, go back to game week one. They lost 1-0 to Everton and they were played off the park. They scored just once against Newcastle, even though they did probably should have scored a lot more in that game. Looking at some of the stats for West Ham makes me feel better about the potential of not having any Spurs players for game week five. West Ham have conceded just seven shots on target this season, which is the best in the league. So they're defending well. They've only conceded four goal, four goals in four games, West Ham, which is the second best in the league as well. So, so West Ham are defending well. I think I think the Spurs game, I, I think the West Ham game will be a tricky one for Spurs and for Kane and Son. So I'm not expecting a 15-pointer from either of them. Obviously, it could happen. But I think West Ham are capable of keeping those two guys quiet in game week five at least that's what i keep telling myself anyway because i don't have them but i think it's fine to give it another week i think the west ham game is a tricky one and then the three fixtures after that are are much better you know just give just on what we've seen of west ham this season you know they've two very impressive performances against wolves and leicester you know they've kept jimenez they've kept jimenez out they've kept vardy out so it wouldn't be a surprise to see them keep kane out as well so yeah it's a tough one but I don't think I think if you need if you need hits to get Kane or Son, I think it's okay to wait. But I again on the flip side, I think if you're getting a player like Son or Kane for a minus four, I would expect them to pay you back over the next couple of weeks. Next question came in from Marcus Roberg. If you were on the wild card this week, what premium midfielders are must-haves? So if I was on a wild card this week, I think I would still stick with the two that I've got, Salah and KDB. I think those are the two best options. I would be tempted by Manny as well. I would be tempted by the Salah Manny double up rather than the double up in defence. Who are the other options? Aubameyang, not worth the money at the moment from what I've seen of him against Sheffield United. Bruno Fernandes, too heavily reliant on penalties at the moment. And Manchester United just look in an absolute mess. Some talk of Bruno Fernandes going nuts in the changing room at halftime so that's a bit worrying as well so i'm just going to stay away from united for the time being until things improve there uh, and i know he's not a premium 
but Hyungman's son would be one of the first names in my wildcard squad this week. So yeah, I think very likely I would have a Salah KDB son midfield with, with a couple of cheaper guys in there as well. FPL Rodney, what differentials would you choose on a wildcard? Lots of wildcard questions this week because a lot of people have hit the button. But these questions are useful for people even if you're not on a wildcard. So what differentials would I be looking at? So what I've done here is I've just gone into my watch list which has about 35 players. I've sorted by ownership and I'm going to mention some of the guys who have under 5% ownership. So the first two, Dallas and Ailing. I think Dallas is slightly above 5%, 5.2 or something like that. I think Dallas and Ailing are both very good options in defence as cheap defenders both will get attacking returns this season and I, th- I can see Leeds getting clean sheets as well given watching them against Manchester City I thought they were excellent defensively uh, Suchek is under 5% Jared Bowen both of those are good options as well Aston Villa guys we've already mentioned Barkley, McGinn and Watkins are all under 5% ownership Pulisic 3% Trossard is another one Antonio is owned by just 5.2% I was surprised it was so low and Mopai as well, I was surprised by this one, 5.3% ownership. So there's a few differentials who I would be thinking about. I think the main ones are probably probably Pulisic, Antonio, uh, Suchek. You know, whether you play him every week or you have him as your first sub, I like him. And I really like Dallas and Ailing as well. I think it's take your pick. There's not really much between those two guys. Um, Dallas probably slightly edges it on the stats so far this season. Luke Street asks, is it time to forget about premium defenders and free cash for further up the pitch? Yeah, I mean, going on the first four game weeks, it's logical to take money out of defence because there hasn't been many clean sheets. Also, I think the big one here is Alisson's injury. Adrian will be in goal for a couple of games for Liverpool, which obviously diminishes the appeal of the likes of Van Dijk, Trent and Robertson. But for me, I've got two premiums. I've got Trent and Robertson, and I'm not thinking about selling and i'm just going to stick to my guns and i bought these bought those two guys in game week one with a view to owning them for the whole season and that hasn't changed for me just yet i think robertson in particular has been excellent in open play i think he's going to get more goals this season than he has done before and trent will come good as well he's had a pretty quiet start to the season hasn't really looked 100 percent fit so hopefully after the break we will see a lot more from those two guys and hopefully adrian can turn into uh, Alisson somehow as well. Hopefully he's not going to make loads and loads of mistakes like he's done in the past. It would be even better if Liverpool could actually just bring in a free transfer goalkeeper signing because surely it couldn't be worse than what they already have there. And Alisson, Alisson might not be out for too long. You know We've had the two-week break, uh, recovery time, so hopefully it's only a game or two that Adrian is in goal. So for me, I'm sticking to the premium defenders. Um, things change very quickly in FPL. You know, you'll, you'll see... You know, I can just see it happen and everyone takes money out of defence. Fast forward three or four game weeks, everyone wants the premium defenders back again. So I'm just going to stick to what I have, get more information, and then, you know, maybe next international break, which is, I think, between game week eight and nine, is that's when we can really decide whether these premium defenders are worth it or not. Question from Darth. Is it Brewster time? He's a massive enabler. Yeah, probably covered this already. I think Brewster's a great option, 4.5 million. You know, he, he doesn't need to do much at 4.5 million. If you compare him, let's say, for example, I've, I've got three 4.5 million defenders. I've got Justin, Taylor and Walker Peters. I've got Davis from Aston Villa on my bench at 4.4 million. So at some point, I would like to change Davis to Brewster. So that gives me a fourth 4.5 million option. Now, who would I rather play 
when they've got decent fixtures. Would I rather play Justin, Walker-Peters, Taylor or Brewster? I think you're always going to go for the striker there because, I mean, Brewster's got a, you know, if he gets a goal and assist or, or a goal and a couple of bonus points, he's going to outscore those 4.5 defenders quite often. So I think the key is we need Brewster to hit the ground running and score a few goals, which has been Sheffield United's issue, not just this season, but last season as well. So they really need this guy to, you know, to start firing in the goals. And if he does... He'll be a great option for FPL, whether it's in your starting eleven when he's got a good fixture or as your first sub as well is a very good option. So yes, I think it is Brewster time. I think if you can get him at 4.5 for a free transfer at some point in the next week or two, it's probably a good idea because his, his price is going to shoot up. Obviously, that's if you're happy to play with a 4.5 million forward. There's lots of good forwards, so maybe you don't want a 4.5 million forward, which, which is absolutely fine as well. But I think I can see myself turning Davis into Brewster at some point in the near future. Final question for this week from Premium Player. Has your captaincy strategy changed at all with the unpredictable nature of results so far and the glut of goals? So, quite simply, no, my captaincy strategy hasn't changed. I think I was on Aubameyang for the first week. No, I was on Salah the first week, Aubameyang the second week, then I sold him. And since then, it's been KDB the last two weeks. And KDB's been disappointing, but the two blanks won't affect my captaincy decision for game week five. If KDB's okay, you know, he has left the Belgium squad, so there's some slight issues over, I think it's more fatigue and tiredness rather than injury. But if we get a positive update from Pep on that at the weekend, there's a good chance De Bruyne will be my captain again against Arsenal. You know, I'm not going to let the two blanks put me off him. I'm more worried about future points than previous points so those that won't affect me um you know, I, th- I still think for captaincy this season i'm still in the mindset of salah and kdb you know i'm going to lean heavily on those two uh, i think it's quite unlikely that i'll captain anyone else in my current squad you know maybe that will change if i buy someone like kane or son maybe i'll be more inclined to captain those guys when they've got good fixtures but for now i'm sticking to the kdb salah captaincy uh, double up. I'll finish up with captaincy and transfers for game week five. So captaincy, first of all, a couple of tricky fixtures here. So KDB, I mentioned, has Arsenal. So on paper, it's not the best fixture, but I, th- I still think he's a very good option if he's fit for that one. Salah and Manny have the Merseyside Derby. They're away to Everton. So that is a tricky one as well, given how good Everton have been this season. So for me, it's between KDB and Salah. Again, at the moment, it's on KDB, pending positive news from Pep Guardiola on Friday about that fatigue or whatever's going on with him. There was pictures of him on a bicycle yesterday, so it can't be too serious. The Salah, I tend to sway away from, from derby games, uh, particularly this Merseyside derby. It's, it's very unpredictable, I think, this season in particular. So I think KDB at the moment, Salah could wrestle that armband off KDB before the weekend. Part of me is, is thinking about leaning towards a, a Salah you know, just auto captain and Salah every week this season because he's been he's been pretty consistent so far. You know, his numbers are always good. He's got them penalties as well. So, yeah, it's it's between those two. I'm I'm undecided as you can as you can see between KDB and Salah for the weekend. I don't think I'm considering anyone else in my squad at the moment unless I buy a Spurs player. So I said I was well in relation to captaincy. I said I'm probably going to avoid buying Manchester United players for the time being. But I think if I owned Bruno Fernandes, I would be tempted by the captaincy away to Newcastle. Uh, penalties, you know, set pieces. We should beat them. But nothing is, is guaranteed these days with Manchester United. 
Son and Kane, I think, have got to be in your captaincy thoughts if you own one of them or both of them. They're at home to West Ham. I do think it's going to be a trickier fixture, but I think the way those two guys are playing and the way Spurs have been scoring goals as well, you know, they're pretty good captaincy options this week. Vardy's at home to Villa. Does that tempt me? Not really, because he's very heavily dependent on penalties. He's not doing much from open play these days. I'm going to sell him soon. And Aston Villa have been much better defensively as well. Chelsea at home to Southampton. Would I captain any of their players? I don't think so. Calvert-Lewin got to be in the conversation as well given how well he's playing he's scored in every game so far would be no surprise to see him score against Adrian in the derby so he's an option as well but for me it's it's still the big guys KDB or Salah it'll be one of those two for me unless I buy a Spurs player which brings me on to game week five transfers I've only got one free transfer option one which is probably the most likely one I will do is do nothing when in doubt do not uh, bank my transfer and then possibly do some surgery in game week six so you know two free transfers for game week six maybe a third one for a minus four sounds pretty good to me there's a couple of things i would like to address you know i might want to get brewster in game week six i might want to get rid of ramsdale uh, because he's, he's got fulham this week so hopefully a, a clean sheet game week five for ramsdale then it's, i think it's three or four very tough games for Sheffield united so it seems like a good time to fix my goalkeeper position game week six you know, waiting another week gives me another week to assess the likes of Son and Kane. Let's see how they do against West Ham. If they do well again, okay, I need these guys. I've got two free transfers. It's much easier to get them in game week six. So most likely I'll I'll do nothing. But the other options I have are I could get Son or Kane, but it would be a minus four, obviously. I could do a minus four, which would be Potence and Vardy out for Son and Antonio. So that would get me two players, Son and Antonio, who I would hopefully keep for most of the season if they continue to play well. Um, my plan is to sell Vardy game week six anyway. So would it be a big deal to sell him a week early? Probably not. And Aston Villa on paper, it's not as good a fixture as it was you know, maybe last season. You know, I'm not really expecting too much from Vardy against Aston Villa. I'm probably relying on a penalty or two again. So Antonio... Uh, does play Spurs but I would fancy him to get something against Spurs as well the way he's been playing and the way West Ham have been playing so if I if I don't bank a transfer I think the most likely thing I would do is this one Potens Vardy for Son and Antonio minus four so that's something I need to think about for the next couple of days if it turns out KDB had something serious I could just make a very easy Son, uh, Son in for KDB free transfer that would solve my headache um, another option would be Vardy to Kane and find cash somewhere but again it's a minus four so Vardy to Kane minus four doesn't sound great you know Vardy could easily do well against Aston Villa so yeah most likely banking my transfer but don't be surprised if you see my team on Saturday morning and it has um, Son and Antonio in place of Potence and Vardy Thanks, as always, for taking the time to listen, folks. I hope you find it useful ahead of this weekend's matches. If you want to hear more from me, I've recorded iTest podcasts for all 10 matches in Game Week 4, having watched all of them during the international break. They are available on my Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash FPL General. You'll find a link to that on my Twitter bio, which is at FPL General. Enjoy the rest of your week. Folks, and have a good uh, have a good game week five. I hope it is a big fat green arrow. I'll be back next Tuesday to preview game week six. Mm-hmm.